2: That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And yesterday was uh, quite an eventful day, uh, both in politics and in tragedy, um, with respect to the uh, Texas massacre. Um, that uh, situation is is ex- just so un- unfortunate, and um, uh, we you know we lost. 19 children, and we lost two teachers in a shooting by uh, an 18-year-old. Um, and it's just, uh, really, when you think about these things, you don't think about politics. You shouldn't think about politics. You should think about culture. You should You should think about what the root cause of this is. And you just wonder how it is that we're living in a society like this, where, where these types of things happen so frequently. And, and yet when we listen to, uh, Joe Biden, uh, speak about this stuff, he wants to exploit, whether it's, uh, the situation in Buffalo where he wants to, um, basically call everybody in America a racist, um, That's not the answer. You can't, you can't, that's not even, that's not even strong thinking. That's not smart thinking, is it? Um, But it's also not the gun. The gun doesn't pull its own trigger. You know, the car doesn't drive itself. In Waukesha, that car, uh, the uh, headlines were that the car drove into the crowd Because it was a black person driving the car and went into the crowd. The car went into the crowd, not the crazy person that was driving the car. And yet, um, you know, you have the uh, shooter. You have like a white supremacist uh, in Buffalo. uh, You know, some demented, deranged person that should have been committed. And I I actually look to uh, organizations you know, these so-called scientists, these so-called smart people who seem to be able to figure it all out and they're the ones that trust the science and yet they keep getting it wrong. These are the same people that want to repl- uh, that the Democrats want to put out there and defund the police and then replace them with these, these psychologists that, n- that don't seem to be able to read people that don't seem to be able to keep crazy people off the streets. And and the other problem is that these gun violators, these people violating our gun laws, uh, the problem here is that they're not following the laws for the gun laws. They're, they're just violating the laws. People who shoot people up, they generally don't, Abide by the laws. They just don't. And so we have to deal with that. And we don't deal with that by creating a better playing field for the criminal or the deranged. We do that by defending ourselves, being able to defend ourselves, especially in a day and age when they want to defund the police. And so you're going to hear a lot of rhetoric about from the left. Uh, wagging the finger and pointing the finger at guns being bad in an election year, but they're not going to do anything because they know that American public, the American population, would reject them even more than they're already being rejected. And that's uh, that's the part that you have to understand. They're going to be talking a big talk, but they are not going to follow through with any of their uh, accusations. So I want to read this. It says, The Texas shooter violated a multiplicity of gun laws. The suggestion that more gun laws would have prevented this act of unspeakable evil is unsupported, and the implication that those who... Oppose such laws, or somehow in favor of mass shootings, is morally reprehensible. I think that's a great statement, and we have to we have to pay attention to this because it's going to be an attack. And again, it's how you play the game here. But uh, Cambry writes this. I don't I don't know who needs to hear this, but criminals do not go through background checks when purchasing illegal guns. They don't. And with the open borders, it doesn't make things that much better. You know, this was a border town in Texas, Uvali. And most, almost all the kids and the teachers were Hispanic or from Mexico, Latino. And even the shooter was. And, you know, you wonder if they were um, playing video games. But this is definitely a culture problem. This is a very much a culture problem. We have, to, we have to do something about our culture. Eric Matheny writes this. He says, this isn't about guns or politics or left or right. This is about a very sick and deeply troubled culture. And I believe that wholeheartedly. I believe that wholeheartedly. When we live in a culture of confusion and chaos When we live in a culture of fake science, we are living in a world of disinformation. I actually think there's more, just like on Twitter, I think there's more fake accounts than real accounts. I think that in the media, there's more disinformation and dispelling uh, misinformation than there is truth. I think truth is really hard to come by. And the other thing about truth is it doesn't sell as well. It doesn't, it's not as sexy. Truth is often boring. You know, that's why the Republicans have such an uphill battle so often. That's why America First policies, it's all about It's all about personal responsibility. It's all about pulling up your bootstraps. It's all about working hard to get ahead in life. It's all about equality, not equity. And the equity part is where it's an unlevel playing field. And the Democrats want to stack the deck and make it a carnival every single time. You walk into a card game and in Vegas or Atlantic City or wherever you want to go and the only thing you really want is the fairness. You want a fair shake at winning your fortune. That's all you want. You don't want a stacked deck. You don't want two standards of justice. You don't want a crooked judge or a referee. All you want is a set of rules that everybody can play under and take your shot at winning. And that's equality. But this equity thing, it's got to go. Because whoever's in power, two things. Republicans never play the equity game because it's not part of their DNA. But the Democrats, they've always played this equity game, whether whether it was civil rights legislation or anything else. You know, the trouble with um, race in general and then going back to the 60s and the civil rights is what was done to them. Reparations is never going to really fix the problem. Moving on fixes the problem. and And not hyphenating names and dividing the United States. It's not the divided states of America, it's the United States of America. The only way you unite is if you dust everything off. To no fault of mine did some of the ancestors, our ancestors, commit wrongdoings. And even today, we're living in a day right now. We are living just now, every day, where we got someone like Joe Biden that's putting our lives at risk, that's dividing America based on lies, talking about gun facts he knows nothing of, and talking about all of these different things, these election rigging, these fake elections, these election rigging, like what I think is happening in Georgia, even still, it's the only way I could explain that Governor Kemp gets a renomination for his party, and I say his party because it doesn't—he doesn't not represent me. And Raffensperger is still winning, and you know you just got to say to yourself, I think there's a, you know, and the same thing would have happened in Texas. With Paxton and Bush, if the Bush dynasty had enough muscle to rig the elections in Texas. But Texas is a conservative state. Georgia is a conservative state too, but it's corrupt. It's corrupt. And it's corrupt by China. And it's corrupt by the left. I've been reading reports about what's been happening in Georgia, where the left is actually financing campaigns like Kemp and Raffensberger. That there's left wing outside left wing money. There's money coming from China, outside influence, to give an unfair advantage. Georgians need to wake up and realize that if you're not America first, you're not going to represent Georgia. That's as simple as that. You don't need more than a hundred bucks to wage your campaign. If Georgians would just wake up and speak their truth, you know marjorie Marjorie Taylor Greene barely won, but she did win her nomination, and she'll likely be a shoe in to beat the Democrat in that district. Herschel Walker won, and you be I'll be honest, Purdue was not that great of a candidate he's not he's not a walk in the park either. But he was Trump's candidate, and so they want to bash Trump. And so Pence and, and all the rhinos got on board with Kemp because that's where the money was. And these people are all about the money. They're rich. Remember I told you about the thing in Georgia. was that, uh, There was this website. I remember seeing it a long time ago. And it was a China business. It was Georgia Business. CN uh, China. China injected a lot of money into new business development in Georgia, and it really made Kemp gave Kemp a lot of money, probably a lot of kickback money. This happened after they had some big summit in Texas with some governors, and Raffensperger and. Kemp were out there meeting with the Chinese in Texas and they brought home some bacon and back in that time Trump was president and what was happening is China was trying to find a better dance partner than Trump because Trump was eating their lunch I mean basically Trump was giving them what for opening up a can of whoop and I'm telling you they were like, we got to find a better person to deal with than Trump. He's kicking our butt. And they did. They found it in Kemp and Raffensberger. These secretaries of state were doing business. And it was Pompeo that actually got up on stage and said, I have a list here of people that China thinks are friendly to deal with. And you're on this list, many of you in this room. But just so you know, that's treason. You know, when you're trying to do a federal deal at a federal level and China comes in through the back door and finds a little weasel like Kemp and a little weasel like Raffensperger. And, you know, because they're in Georgia and things are cheaper and because they're in Georgia uh, and it's just a state, not the federal government, it takes less money to buy and influence these politicians. And not only are they getting the money from China, but they're getting the money also from Stacey Abrams. She's buying off her opposition because she wants to run against Kemp and Raffensperger. And I guarantee you, unless some big, huge thing happens and Stacey Abrams is busted wide open for her corruption, unless that happens... Kemp doesn't stand a chance against Stacey Abrams. You mark my words. Something's going on in Georgia, and it ain't good. There's a lot of corruption in politics in Georgia because you got these Pence-like rhinos running the show down there, and they're playing both sides of it. And they don't really care whether they win or lose or serve the people because they're serving themselves at the country club. It's sad. Vernon Jones got to a runoff. So we'll see what happens with Vernon Jones. I think he'll win, actually, even though he lost to Collins in the short run. Um, he lost. He took second, but he got to the runoff. And it was like 25 20%, 25% to 20%. But this other guy, Brown... B-R-O-U-N, something like that, uh, had 11 percentage points. And I think the lion's share of that, especially after Trump rallies come to town, because Trump will go to bat for Vernon Jones, because Vernon Jones won the bat for Trump. And I think that there's uh, no, no doubt in my mind that Vernon Jones will win that runoff. Uh, election fraud aside but they got to do something man they got to do something against this mail-in ballot stuff because they're still counting votes in pennsylvania and that's got to go that sucks man that's just unbelievable you can't count that quickly are you kidding me they have collating machines they know how to do this my father owned a printing company for 40 years he could count paper. You go to the bank. You give them 100 ones. They count it in two seconds. They give you a $100 bill back. They exchange it. I mean, what do you mean you don't know how to count quickly? These results need to be certified and in by the night of the election. No ifs, ands, or buts. And if you don't do it, you got to rerun that election. I'm sick and tired of these votes coming in and being counted three, four, five days later. It's absolutely absurd. It reeks of corruption. We're living in a time where this this is really a cultural thing. It's a cultural issue. This is all culture. We got things going on in Davos that would make your head spin, man. It's unbelievable. I mean, I, I've never dreamed that I would ever be living in a world where it's almost reflective of some of those evil villain movies from, like, Lethal Weapon. You know, where somebody wanted to rule the world. I mean, it almost makes Austin Powers and Dr. Evil look real. Like, like that used to be a joke. And now it's real. So we got... Three major stories going on right now. And from a talk show host perspective, it's a little hard to keep up with. But you got the elections like you got Sarah Huckabee Sanders, you know, is going to be the next governor of Arkansas. That's great. We love that. Trump's candidates in Texas and elsewhere have won big. Trump's coattails are alive and well. That's wonderful. But it's not even about Trump anymore. It's about America first policies. America first policies. Border security. Hey, baby food, right? You know what? We're getting another shipment in from Europe. Guess what's going to be on that shipment? Baby food. We are a third world country, folks. If we have to call Europe to help them with our baby food. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? Are you kidding me? I cannot get my head around that story. That we have to call up Europe. You know, it started when people were filming, uh, people were taking photographs of baby food shelves in Mexico. Filled. Fully stocked. People were going to Mexico to get supplies and bringing them back to their place in the United States. That's what Biden has done to our country. We got $5 a gallon gas. It's unbelievable. People are pumping the gas with a little sticker that says, I did that. And it's Joe Biden. But because he's trying to blame uh, you know Putin. Right. But it's not just that. It's every time you just know what's going on through some of these family members, these, these parents, they're filling up their car. And they're seeing the dollar amount tick up and they're filling up their $25 tank and it's $125 and they're like, wow, I can't afford this. This just ate away a, you know, uh, how many bread loaves could, could that extra 50, $60 have bought for my family for this week? How much ramen noodles and macaroni and cheese and uh, how much lasagna and how much rigatoni, how much whatever, how many green beans could I have bought with that to feed my family? How many potatoes? Think about it. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. That's what's going on through people's minds. Shoes, pants, anything just to get along in life. And they're going to have to cut the landscaper. They're going to have to mow their own lawn. And this this crime spree is not happening in Nancy Pelosi's gated community. And it's not happening. And and these things are are not happening. They're not being felt by the elite. The gas prices, these, these power elites that are off in Davos right now, they're being escorted by limousine gas isn't even an issue. They were always spending hundreds of dollars on on lift services uh in black uh black stretch vehicles. You know, and getting the red carpet treatment and then they get there and they get the free champagne. And they talk about nonsense. They talk about control. Let's take a listen. So We have uh, what's called, you know, human rights and civil rights, right? Well, this Julie Inman Grant, e-safety commissioner from Australia, says we need a recalibration of a whole range of human rights that are playing out online, including freedom of speech in Davos 2022 panel titled Ushering in a Safer Digital Future. That word digital has become a to me that's a horror show i think that analog is a much better word than digital i i think that they and you know why because digital could have been good just like the patriot act could have been good to save could create a safer environment for uh united states citizens against uh, international terrorists But then the Patriot Act was flipped upside down by a guy named Barack Hussein Obama who used it and turned the government as as a weapon onto itself, onto the people that pay their salaries. And that's exactly what happened with the Patriot Act. Never let a good crisis go to waste, said one Democrat, Rahm Emanuel, the chief of staff for Barack Hussein Obama. Next to be mayor, he was then mayor of Chicago. Now we got Lori Lightfoot in there, who's uh, a part of the New World Order. She wants uh, you know, Lori Lightfoot, she wants the New World Order, right? She's the replacement of Rahm Emanuel. Let's see if I can uh, get that one. And, you know, it's this kind of thing that is not by coincidence. It's not a coincidence. Yeah, right here. Let's see. Let's take a listen to this. This New World Order bit. And uh, here we go. How you
3: do it, my thoughts are, because it's not written into law, it's just a very dominant culture. I think the only way you can do it is a couple ways. One, I would, I'm thinking about an executive order from day one that says, in more legalese than this this is not a thing we will not no longer honor this because the way that automatic prerogative works is there's got to be compliance with the executive branch because otherwise it doesn't work so
0: you eliminate
3: that compliance and you make it a mandate Um, and then you do training particularly in the city i'll call them licensing departments whether it's zoning buildings um housing will be impacted by it planning certainly um, and it's and you and you pick the people that run those agencies and the deputies that are pledging allegiance to the new world order and good governance. And then I think you have the inspector general do some spot audits to make sure that there is real compliance.
2: So you see what she said there, she's gonna use the government infrastructure, licensing and regulations and control and She's going to get people who are showing allegiance to the New World Order uh, to engage in what's called compliance. That's Lori Lightfoot, the the libtard from Chicago. (laughs) You can't make this stuff up, people. It sounds like Dr. Evil. It sounds like a cartoon character, but it's not. So this woman, Julie Inman Grant, just the other day, at the World Economic Forum, run by Klaus Schwab, never elected to anything, this drunk. Um, here we go. Julie Inman Grant wants to recalibrate your human rights. Recalibrate. Recalibration of a whole range of human rights that are playing out online? Let's see. I think this can be helpful. Yeah, I
3: mean, I guess I'd just say we are finding ourselves in a place um, where we're, we have increasing polarization everywhere and everything feels binary when it doesn't need to be. So I think we're going to have to think about a recalibration of a whole range of human rights that are playing out online, you know, from freedom of speech to the freedom to, you know, to be free from on- online violence or the uh, right of data protection to the right to child dignity
2: what the heck is online violence it's virtual dummy it's virtual online violence i don't get it it's all about feelings it's so here let's take a listen george soros says our civilization civilization may not survive at his davos dinner speech let's take a listen to george soros
1: The invasion of Ukraine didn't come out of blue. The world has been increasingly engaged in a struggle between two systems of governance that are diametrically opposed to each other, open society and closed society.
2: Well, George Soros owns... He owns and operates an organization called Open Society Organization. So what side do you think he's on? But this open society, this more inclusive open society, open borders, open this, open that, uh, it's all about power to a few. They want to control the world and borders get in the way of that. So, just FYI.
1: Let me define the difference as simply as I can. In an open society, the rule of the the state is to protect the freedom of the individual. In a closed society, the role of the individual is to serve the rulers of the state. Other issues concerning all of humanity, fighting pandemics and climate change, avoiding nuclear war, maintaining global institutions, have had to take a backseat to that struggle. That's why I say our civilization may not survive.
2: Well, yeah, because it's globalism... Uh, from a six-minded individual like him, he wants to uh, finance the outcome of district attorney's elections in our country. He wants to meddle in election rigging by uh, buying up bl- bl- patents and blueprints to voting machines worldwide. Um, And he wants to, uh, to be able to use NGO money or governmental m- funds to redirect them to MoveOn.org and a lot of other liberal socialist organizations that rig elections and manipulate the outcome of elections to push agendas of open borders. And, uh, you know, this is a guy that's banned in, I think, the United Kingdom because he, he, he um, shorted currency and he almost collapsed an entire economy. This is a guy that got rich off of that. This is a guy that also said he didn't have any real emotion when he uh, lost his parents in the in in the uh, migration from Germany uh, as a Jew, and uh, somehow took uh, rejoice, uh, took a po- positive note out of the fact that he survived that he, he didn't have compassion in his heart. He's he's actually a for his family. Um he's just a sick, sick, sick individual. All right, so here's a guy, Alibaba Group president J. Michael Evans boasts at the World Economic Forum about the development of an individual carbon footprint tracker to monitor what you buy, what you eat. And where, how you travel. Let's take a listen. This is what's going on at the World Economic Forum. We're developing through technology an ability for consumers to measure their own carbon footprint. What does that mean? That's where are they traveling? How are they traveling? What are they eating? What are they consuming on the platform? So individual carbon footprint tracker. Mm. Stay tuned. We don't have it operational yet, but this is something that we're working on. We're developing. Wow. So that's going to control you, right? That's kind of crazy stuff. I don't want to be controlled. I don't want it. Do I have a choice? That's the question. Do I have a choice? If I have a choice, then fine. If you're a libtard and you want to be controlled like that, that's fine. That's fine. But I don't want to be. So don't force your COVID vaccines and your other crap on me. If you want to be wearing a mask still and you want to, you know, I was at an event, um, not too long ago, seven people at the event got COVID. All of them were triple vaxxed. I still have yet to be vaccinated and I didn't get it. I'm negative. So I don't know. Um, Let's take a listen to Klaus Schwab says the quiet part out loud. The future is built by us. That's what the globalist movement is trying to do right now.
4: Let's also be clear. The future is not just happening. The future is built by us, by a powerful community as you here in this room. We have the means to improve the states of the world. But two conditions are necessary. The first one is that we act all as stakeholders of larger communities. That we serve not our only self-interests, but we serve the community. That's what we call stakeholder responsibility. And second, that we collaborate. this is the reason why you find many opportunities here during the meeting to engage into very action and impact oriented initiatives to make progress related to specific issues on the global agenda.
2: Does anyone else find his accent annoying? (laughs) It's right out of a movie, right? There's something going on there. Carl Schwab stealth editing his wiki Wiki, to remove all controversies around him, including the fact that he pays himself over $1 million a year from his nonprofit and accepts lucrative board seats for WEF favors. And there's a bunch of screenshots here that uh, indicate this. This is when, you know, the power elite, Uh, Love what they're doing because they get rich off of it. It's kind of crazy. Um, And that's, you know, what's going on there. Let's take a listen to this guy. Now, Ted Cruz um, published this. It's Pfizer CEO Albert Borla explains Pfizer's new tech to Davos crowd. Ingestible pills, a pill with a tiny chip that sends a wireless signal to relevant authorities When the pharmaceutical has been digested, imagine the compliance, he says. And guess what? I posted that on Facebook and it got partially, uh, you know, missing facts or something like that. It got some warning. Um, And it was Ted Cruz's repost. I reposted from Ted Cruz, a senior senator from Texas, and he's getting flagged and banned on Facebook. In an election year, right, we got him every two years, so it's... They they give you a little break, you know, for six months, and then back to the censorship. The Zuckerbucks are alive and kicking. Let's take a listen to this uh, this guy um, Albert Borla, the CEO of Pfizer. Let's take a listen to this.
4: It is a uh, basically biological chip that it is in the tablet, and once you take the tablet and dissolves into your stomach, sends a signal that you took the tablet. So imagine the applications of that, uh, compliance. Uh, The insurance companies to know that the medicines that patients should take, they do take them. Uh, It is uh, fascinating what happens in in, uh, this field.
2: Again, I'm not taking it. Do I have to take it? Do I have to let this guy, this little creepy guy, do I have to let him know? That I have taken a pill? <laughs> I mean, it's just unbelievable. I never thought I would see this in my life. And, you know, I have so many different clips I want to play at some point. Um, they're, they're just great. But there's a uh, couple other things that I wanted to talk about. We talked about the baby formula shipment from Europe. Because we're becoming a third world world country, we can't even... Uh, feed Our Babies, without the help of Europe and Mexico. Mexico, who has uh, full fully stocked shelves. We have a cultural a decay where people feel the need to shoot people up. Somehow we think that the psychologists are going to replace the police and do their job when they can't even tell you that there's a madman in Buffalo or a crazy guy in Texas. You know, it's it's one of those things. Where, you know, I actually would say that I think that video games are playing a role here. I I think that video games are playing a role. And that's a little bit scary, um, to say the least. Um, But I wanted to also talk about something else that was happening this week. So we got four stories. We got the elections. We got the baby foods scare inflation uh we have what's happening in davos um and we we have this cultural battle going on but we also have the missteps that biden is making with regard to china on its face biden's saying something to the effect that he uh we will support Taiwan because we've already been on record as saying that. He was asked a specific question and he answered the question and you say, well, what's the problem with that? He, he answered the question correctly, you know, that we would support Taiwan. What are we going to say? You know, and and that's fine, but the the problem isn't what he said. The problem is that we are ill-equipped. We are very ill-equipped. We're not just ill-equipped to provide our babies with food or to uh, provide uh, affordable energy to our population. You know, and this is all happening overnight in, in very rapid fashion. To control inflation is, you know, this inflationary impact on society is is a is completely the blame of the, this uh, administration. And there's so many things that we could have done differently. We didn't have to close these uh, oil reserves in Alaska and these leases, and and of course Keystone Pipeline on day one. And you can go on and on and on. And getting uh, you know embracing this Paris Accord and getting involved with this green energy. When it's not sustainable nobody has ever really answered the question with regard to batteries, cobalt mining, uh, slave labor camps in Congo and Afghanistan, um, everything that's associated with the waste of batteries uh, and the fact that it requires so much coal. What's the carbon footprint to actually make the battery? Someone ought to do some studies on that instead of just pushing and railroading this stuff down our throats. I know that one day, 10 years from now, we're going to wake up and we're going to have a battery deposit somewhere and it's going to seep into the water stream and it's going to kill a lot of people. And we're going to be like, I wish we would have thought this through better. People in California who have these electric vehicles are tired of them. They don't want to wait an hour. But guess what's going to change their mind? High gas prices, right? Which is what this is all about, folks. They have an undesirable, it's so undesirable that even if gas were to be $10 a gallon, you'd still say, you know what? I want a gas-powered vehicle. Why? Because electric vehicles suck. That's why. I mean, they're not that good right now. Now, they might be good one day. They might. But why not have both? Oh, because there's not enough incentive to buy the crappy product the overpriced crappy product. And so we need to cut off your supply on the other one. That's not capitalism, folks. That's not free market. That's not freedom. That is coercion in the worst way through tyrannical dictatorships and governments. And the only way they get this power, they don't get it through elections because they're rigging the elections. That's how they get the power. And they know it. They know that they these, these ideas that they're pushing don't sell. They know. That's why they have gates and fences and walls around their buildings. Whether it's at Davos right now, where they have a, the whole thing gated off. Or it's the Capitol building, because Nancy Pelosi's fearing for her life because she knows what she's up to. Or the White House. But these are the people's houses and they shouldn't be blocked off. But people hate the leadership that's going on right now because just like they hated Hitler, they're hating the globalists. And Biden is is basically a puppet of globalism. He's gotten rich off of it. He's exploited it. He's corrupt by it. And not just that, but they could sink him because he's insured. And what do I mean by insured? Meaning they have the dirt on him. And they can coerce him any which way they want. If you don't do what you're told, I'm going to show this picture of you with this little girl. Or if you don't do what you're told, I'm going to show this picture of Joe Biden, uh, Hunter Biden and uh, Malika Obama together in bed. Snorting coke. Uh, if you don't do this, I will show this contract where you sold out America for millions. So you do it. Otherwise, what's the what's the flip side? It's it's spend the rest of the rest of your life in jail for treason. You know, of course, it's a no brainer. Of course, they're going to comply with the demands of the puppet masters. Obama has become a puppet master. But so has people like Klaus Schwab. You've never, would ever, ever trust with your children. You would never be friends with this person. You would never vote for that person. And yet they are the ones in charge of your life. We're ceding power and influence. Tucker Carlson put out a piece on Tedros, uh, the head of WHO. He was a tribal warlord. He was a murderous thug. And yet now he's controlling our health and the future and next pandemic I love the way they put that the next pandemic as if they know something we don't but the the things that they they said about Taiwan we're not prepared we don't have enough muscle and that's the problem and John uh, I'm going to I'm going to take uh I'm going to take John in here in just a second I'm going to take John here in just a second, but just let me get to this one point. You know, I this article I'm going to post it today. I haven't even posted it yet. It's new. It says if Biden won't counter China, there's no point committing to the defense of Taiwan, because w- defending Taiwan from China means reversing three decades of strategic incoherent and uh, incoherence and waging a cold war on Beijing. So we're not prepared because we don't have a we don't have any alliance. We don't have the muscle. We've allowed China to grow into a monster. And now they can pretty much do whatever they want. So we can't even really talk tough in the face of Taiwan to help Taiwan, because we can't even get baby food. We have to actually beg for that. And could you imagine the expensiveness? Uh, uh, given our inflation rate and given everything else that 's happening in our economy right now, we wage a war on China and they just turn off the faucet with the supply chain. What would that do to the world? What would that do to America? What would that do if they uh, succeed with uh, um, with the new currency and uh, the uh, yuan yuan and uh, and these other things they have so much leverage. They're holding all the keys. How did America get to the point where we have no leverage? You say what you want about Trump, but Trump was the one that was standing up to China and could have brought China to its knees. But Biden, who sold out to China, is no longer in a position to do that. And with that, I'll take John. John, you're on the Scott Adams show.
0: Hey, Scott. Well, short answer to your last question is you must have a couple of things that the Russians for the specifically have understood. One, military strength, yes, but two, from an economic perspective, natural resources and then manufacturing. So they and industry. So you build up your industrial base. That's but the most important thing is your natural resources, your farming, your core things you need. Right. Natural materials as well as food. Then you go to industrial production. Everything else spins off from there. All the I cut your hair, you cut my hair businesses are Peripheral, the core is is the manufacturing, and then the uh, the uh, food and mining, and that's something we lost sight of. Where Treasury secretaries, uh, for say Republicans, would say things like, "I think it was John Snow. It doesn't matter whether we produce potato chips or computer chips. Uh, au contraire, it does." But we lost sight of that over the years in in our pursuit of efficiency and whatever. But uh, but you know, you mentioned the empty shelves. Well, in the Soviet Union, you may have had cash. People had cash, but there were empty shelves. And so, when they had fresh bread that day, you might see a line out the door. The problem was supply, in part because they tried to uh, centrally plan the economy. And when you talk about Davos and guys like Klaus Schwab, and, he, and you heard him talk about stakeholders—that new odious term they use instead of shareholders—for people who have a direct financial investment, blood and you know sort of a, a some uh, uh, flesh in the game, or what are they? I forget the, t- the term, but skin in the game. Uh, they now have broadened it to stakeholders. What's the community? If people who have really no investment in the company. You have to think about them. And that's a form of communism, but on a smaller scale within your company. And what they're what they're talking about is essentially planning. Right? You're gonna you're gonna meet, and you guys are gonna plan out the way the world is gonna go. And you know that's gonna be a disaster, right? They're gonna they're gonna come up with some big plan. They're gonna somehow pushed around the world. This has disaster all written over it. Written all over it. But that's the kind of people they are. And it, it goes to the larger point. You mentioned how they're pushing all this stuff on us that we don't want. The left is always about that. They, they portray themselves in the 60s as about free speech and about participatory democracy and about the people. That was never what it was about. That was the wolf in sheep's clothing to get into power so they could take control. It's just like the pig's in uh, in Animal Farm, once they get control, then everything else changes.
2: Yeah, and it comes so from
0: you look at the the Bolsheviks. Same thing. It comes
2: from an arrogant elitism that I've seen in Ivy League schools and these professors. You know, and they talk as if they have all the answers when they've never run a storefront, they've never been in business in the private sector. They spent their whole lives going from grad school to being an academic, writing journals. You know, everything is theoretical. And uh, and now they're pushing it on you like as if they know and they get all these, you know, uh, forward heading, nodding people in agreement and approval. Right. And it's it's this it's this society of civil civilized individuals. You know, it, it does. Re- Trump does remind me of the Ronnie Dagerfield character in Caddyshack and Back to School. Exactly. You know, it's exactly. exactly like that.
0: Al Cervix. Rail yeah. service construction. Yeah, right. right. Well you know uh Right. Well even back he, to school. Well,
2: back to school is where his name's on the building, Mellon, that's right? That's true. <laughs> yeah, But yet Thornton you know Mellon, he's right, he's yeah. going with the guy with the tweed jacket that's giving a business. He's like, Oh, you missed a lot of stuff. You know, there, there's the the, <laughs> the you know, the kickbacks palm greasing and all the, the other things that happen in real the real world, you know.
0: Exactly. Well, you know, um uh as he said to the lady there, call me when you have no class. Anyway, yeah, yeah, but, right. um, <laughs> so he, he said, but, you know, it's funny because Jake Sullivan is, is the embodiment of what you just said. Guys who really had never job, no, didn't have a job in the real world. So is Chuck Schumer, by the way. Chuck Schumer has not had a private sector job since the day he left law school. That is the fact. Is, that's the kind of guys you have—the the, the Hillary Clintons, that sort of thing. So, yeah. You know, it's funny because you have sociology majors running around talking about technocracy. These people wouldn't know engineering from you know a fork. Yeah. Right? But they're talking about technocracy, and when you hear about the global technocracy, what they really mean is bypass bypassing any kind of democratic sort of input or democratic. And I'm you know, look, democracy has big problems, but but they you know, in terms of you know the average slob having just as much say as, say, a guy who's contributing, but, you know, or a guy who's not working, saying, you know, has, has equal vote to someone who works hard. That is a little frustrating, but at least we have some input as a people. And in a Democratic Republic, that's troublesome to them. So when you look at it, that's what they're really trying to bypass, Scott.
2: That's, yeah. that's
0: the issue they're trying to get past, and that's what Davos is all about. How do you impose things from the top? And they've talked about this pretty openly, especially with the advent of covid and just one last thing i would just say regarding taiwan look i I, you know i don't want to be you know sound like too much of a dove but honestly what can we do and are we willing it's like ukraine was a red line for the russians i think taiwan is a red line for the chinese just like our near abroad sort of mexico or canada would be a red line for us right maybe the humble path is to accept that and not get into a larger battle
2: well we have no choice because we're we're actually a uh, paper tiger again uh, like we were in the 70s uh but thank you John for uh
0: thanks
2: guys. yeah thank you for calling in there today all right take care all day. right Bye. that's John from Chicago area always like it when he calls in um yeah so that's where we are right now folks but uh we brings us to the end of our show be sure to check out uh, magapack.org uh, to find out what we're doing about America for to push and an advance America First policies to make America great again. Also, if you're over at mypillow.com, they're running some great Memorial Day specials. Please use Red State as your promo code over there at mypillow.com. Also, we're uh, sponsored by My Patriot Supply. If you go to MPS for My Patriot Supply. You can get your My Patriot supply at a discount. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye bye, everybody.